0: Welcome to The Well, a podcast all about living wisely and faithfully as a follower of Christ. The goal, to give you guidance, food for thought, and to encourage you as you engage the people and situations that you encounter daily. Now, here's your host, Sean Barkley. Well, hello there, and how are you? I hope that you're doing all right. Well, here we are, yet another Saturday shutdown, lockdown, restriction, whatever you want to call it, quarantining, we continue on. I hope that you are surviving and even more than that, thriving. Welcome to The Well. My name is Sean. I'm a Presbyterian minister, and we talk for 15 15 or 20 minutes every Saturday about how to live wisely and faithfully in this wonderful, yet really, really challenging world we live in right now. So I'm glad to have you along. Let me ask you a question. What are you learning about yourself during this time of quarantining? We're all learning a lot. We're learning a lot about ourselves. We're learning a lot about our children and our spouses. I am learning a lot about myself. I'm learning I really like to watch sports on TV, and I miss that. I'm learning that I like to mow grass. I like to go to coffee shops. I like to visit with family and friends. I like to gather for worship. But let me tell you one thing I'm also learning, and that is I love to touch my nose. Those of you who have seen me lead a worship service probably have noticed that I I touch my nose a lot. I don't know why. Maybe it's a nervous habit, or I think it's it's probably allergies. In fact, I'm touching it right now. I'm rubbing it right now. I live in the Ohio River Valley in Cincinnati, and a lot of allergies up here, but I love to touch my nose. Well, more important than what we like to do during this time of quarantining and what we're learning about ourselves and others, I want to ask you a, a different question. And that is, what is God teaching you during this season? What is God doing in your life right now? Are you just on a long sabbatical, just kind of existing? Or is God actually bringing something out or bringing something about in your life? This is the week after Easter, and it's interesting that in John chapter 20, we read that shortly after the first Easter, the disciples were actually sheltering in place, if you read that. Here's what the text says in verse 19. They were together with the doors shut in fear. And Jesus came and stood among them. And so we're not the very first people to shelter in place shortly after Easter. And what, like the disciples, we are praying that Jesus will come and stand in our midst. You know, it goes without saying that this is a really humbling time. It's a challenging time. You saw the reports last week, 22 million Americans are out of work. Businesses are closed. You know, I I drive by these businesses, and I think about those buildings that are boarded up and how those businesses represent the dreams, the blood, the sweat, the tears, and the financial investment of someone. I mean, someone has given his or her everything to that business. They have poured everything they have into it. They think about it every waking moment, and just like that, I'm snapping my fingers, it's gone. It's amazing. I've been thinking about how difficult it must be for high school seniors. So my son is in college. He's beyond that. But high school seniors, you're missing out on your senior prom. You're missing out on your final spring sports season. Maybe you were trying to get a baseball scholarship. You're missing out on your final concert or your final play your senior year. I I think about people who are going to be Valdivictorians or Salutatorians of their senior class. 4.0 GPAs, studying Day in and day out for four years, making all those sacrifices gone. No graduation, no chance to make that speech. Think about people who maybe had perfect attendance for four years. I don't know if that ever happens anymore, but can you imagine all these years, perfect attendance, and now it's gone. I mean, I've asked myself, what would happen if the church I serve, I serve Crestview Church in Westchester, Ohio. What would happen if Crestview Church folded? It would be devastating to me personally, because I think about this church constantly, and I pour my life into it, and it would be devastating for the the people who go to church here as well. And so it is a really difficult and humbling time, and I had a church member ask this question of me a couple weeks ago, do you think that God caused this? Are you wondering that? Have you pondered that in your own life? Do you think that God caused this COVID-19? And I was careful in my answer. And basically I said this, remember that diseases and disasters are a part of the curse we live under from the fall of humanity. So last week in in the Easter sermon I preached, I talked about Paul's letter to the Corinthians, first letter, chapter 15, where Paul says, just as death came into the world through one man, Adam, so too life has come into the world through one man, Jesus. And so Adam, of course, is who we see as the author of original sin, the fall of humanity. And so because of what happened with Adam, we live in a broken world. And so this curse means that, yeah, life has these things. But it breaks the heart of God to see our violence. It breaks the heart of God to see death and disease and division and decay And destruction, but God in His holiness and righteousness allows this. Let that sink in for a moment and and ponder it with me. God permits things like the coronavirus to happen out of His holiness and His righteousness because we live under the curse that this planet has been under since Adam and Eve. Yet even though all this is a function of the curse, God can, and I believe is, using this pandemic in a loving way. Remember, just sort of thinking metaphorically, Good Friday led to Easter. The pain of Good Friday led to the beauty and wonder of Easter morning. God can use this temporary interruption uh, interruption to get our attention and to build us for His glory and build us for His use. Now, hey, I'm just one mere mortal here, just one little guy talking on a podcast, I can't possibly know the mind of God. But when asked the question, basically I have said, I think God has permitted this and is lovingly using it. That's what God does. You look at the Old Testament. God uses events to wake his people up. I preached a sermon series on sort of obscure prayers of the Old Testament and, and talked about Jacob's prayer. Jacob was going through a season in his life where he was riddled with fear. God used that season of fear, to turn Jacob back to God in that time. In the New Testament, Jesus said this in Matthew 24. And as I read this, just hold hold off, don't hear me saying this is a sign that the end is near. Give me just a minute. Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Don't you love Jesus saying that? See to it when you hear about that stuff, don't be alarmed. Such things must happen but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pangs. Jesus, again, I'm not saying this is the end times, what we're going through right now. What Jesus was saying was, hey, there's always going to be wars. There's always going to be kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famines. I would add there's going to be plagues. When you see these things, consider them as birth pangs. What does a birth pang do? It reminds the expectant mother of what's to come. It reminds the expectant mother of what she is carrying or who she is carrying. God uses things like this to turn our attention back to Him. I think that's what God's doing right now. He's permitted this COVID-19, and He is saying I want to get your attention. I am knocking on your door because I've got some things I want to do in your life. So do I think God caused this? I think God permitted it. Let me ask you another question. I I love to just ask questions and have us ponder them together. What do you do when your life is on shaky ground? I think a lot of us are feeling like life is sort of on shaky ground right now. The economy the social structures of our world, the political structures of our world, all these things feel very, 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 very fluid right now. There's a wonderful passage, and you're going to recognize this from Matthew 7. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on, guess what? The rock. The rains came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. The context of what Jesus was saying there was the Sermon on the Mount. You know the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gave us the beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. Jesus talked about his followers being salt and light. He talked about, in the Sermon on the Mount's context Giving to and caring for the needy. He talked about how to pray. He talked about saving ourselves from worry. He talked about storing up treasures on earth as opposed to storing up treasures on heaven. in heaven. And then he said, hearing and doing life as I instruct is like building your house on a solid foundation. Rain, water, wind, they all represent pressure on the structure of our lives. And I would suggest we are going through a season where there is great pressure on the very structure of your life and mine. And then he draws a contrast. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish one who built his house on the sand. The rains came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It didn't just kind of softly crumble. It violently crashed. So he's making a contrast between rock and sand, between wise and foolish. And we know that sand is different from rock. Sand shifts. It gives way when pressure comes. The very structure of your life and mine can give way because our foundation is built on that which shifts, breaks down, and does give way. And so many of us are seeing some of the things that we've built our lives on shifting and giving way, rather than building our life on that which does not shift and does not give way. I want to share with you two things that God is teaching me during this time, that God is teaching me as the foundations of the world around me seem to be giving way. He's teaching me basically, the overarching thing is to make sure I'm building my life on the rock. You know, there are over 400 names for God in the Bible, Isaiah 26 God is called the rock of ages. Don't you love that image of God? God is solid. God is eternal. God is strong enough to carry us. And so if I'm going to build my life on the rock, there are two things God's teaching me. The first is, he's teaching me to listen to him and to listen to wise counsel. In the text that I just read, Jesus said, whoever hears my words. The first step is to listen. Now, let's be real. You and I know that we are influenced by what we take in by what we consume, you know, the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. And so the people we listen to, the, the, the news that we consume, the information that we consume, all of that is influencing and shaping the way we go about our life. This past week, I just sat alone in the sanctuary of the church I serve, a beautiful place, and, and listened and pondered Scripture passages and just tried to be quiet, and that is so hard for us to do. But here's what I am hearing in this season as I listen to God and listen to wise people. This is not a time for recklessness, nor is it a time for panic. We are going to live as Jesus calls us to live. He calls us to love one another. That's one of his two great commands. He also says, fear not. That's his most commonly used refrain in the New Testament. God and wise people are reminding me of these two attitudes during this season. We're going to love others by respecting and protecting them and not living recklessly and endangering them. On the other hand, we're also going to live with joy and peace and purpose rather than fear and panic. You know, you and I, we are all turning to something or someone to inform our lives and inform our behaviors. What is the message that you are receiving right now? I am learning in this season. We have to learn. to, we have to train ourselves to listen to God and listen to wise counsel. The other thing he's teaching me is, in this season, to go in faith, don't retreat in fear. The other half of building our life on the rock, Jesus says, whoever hears my words, the other half is, and puts my words into practice. (laughs) Whoever does them. Remember, Jesus, in his own life, addressed need. He addressed people who were going through difficult times. My wife shared a video with me this past week well-known speaker Andy Crouch, a marvelous video. He's interviewed by Jenny Allen. And he, in this interview, talks about the church in the first century flourishing during a period of great crisis with plagues. And he said, during this time of plagues in the Roman Empire, Christians did what Christians do. They served others. They cared for others. They showed compassion for others, especially those who were sick. And they did it all joyfully and at their own peril. Remember, they were salt and light. That's what the Christians did during the time of plagues. On the other hand, the paranoid, quote, non-believers, pagans, whatever you want to call them, they basically, in many, many cases, abandoned the sick and fled from any suffering whatsoever. And Andy Crouch asked this question. Hey, if you were a first century Roman, who either recovered from your illness or did not get sick, where would you want to worship? The pagan temples whose priests and chief benefactors fled at the first sign of trouble? Or the household of a neighbor who was a Jesus follower who gave you food, water, care, and concern, even at great risk to themselves? Where would you want to worship? No wonder the church flourished. The church flourished because they went in faith They did not retreat in fear. And so this is a great time to think, am I advancing my life in faith? Or am I retreating in fear? You know, a lot of us are saying, this is just a time of sabbatical to kind of stretch my arms and just get away from being involved in ministry at all. But others of us are saying, this is a different opportunity for different ministry. You know, there this is a great time for you and me to develop some really healthy spiritual habits. One of my favorite speakers and authors back in North Carolina where I used to live said these words, God does some of his best work in secret mundane places. He does his best work, or at least some of his best work in, in secret mundane places. Maybe you are in a secret mundane place right now. And maybe God is doing some of His best work in your life right now. And so it is a good thing to ponder. What is God teaching you and me in this season? And because this is a season where life is on shaky ground, what do you and I do? What are we building our lives upon? And again, just to reiterate, God is teaching me to learn to listen to Him and to wise counsel, especially in this season. He's also saying Sean, you go forward in faith. Don't retreat in fear. I look forward to the day when we have these conversations and we're all living our lives again out in the public square. But until that time, we continue to pray for God to do His best work in the secret and mundane places of our lives. Will you take good care now? I look forward to next Saturday. Bye for now.